Hey, how is everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered, episode 6. I hope everyone had a fantastic Thanksgiving with their family. I took the three days off for uh, Thanksgiving break just to spend time with family and friends back home. But now I'm back in the studio, ready to record, ready to talk about some UNC basketball and football action that happened last week. Yes, we have basketball and football. Again, I will start up. Uh, start back with the weekly or Monday through Friday upload schedule, trying to get back into a routine to do um, every day, Monday through Friday. And I will start having some guest appearances. I have one planned for Wednesday. I'll leave the guest unnamed until Wednesday for you guys to, to figure it out on the spot. But nonetheless, let's get into this. We'll start with some UNC basketball. Last Wednesday, UNC starts off their season against the college against Charleston. UNC wins comfortably 79 to 60. A little bit of a scare there in the second half. Charleston actually took the lead 43 to 42 before UNC UNC really pulled away. And I, I started watching around the probably a, a little bit uh, towards the end of the first half. So I really saw the second half all the way through in depth to really dissect how I felt about our team this year. And overall, I feel pretty good. Uh, Caleb Love led the way with 17 points, four assists, two steals. He was 4 of 11 shooting. He looks really talented, really good. I- I've always been a Caleb Love fan ever since I found out that we signed him and saw his uh, highlights from high school. He has some really solid potential there. Daron Sharp had 13 points, 10 rebounds, Two steals. He was four of eight from the field. He was huge in leading that surge uh, to to push ahead against Charleston or to to get a double digit lead. He was fantastic on the offensive glass. He was hitting his free throws. Again, this guy was McDonald's All American. He is really good. Baycott uh, contributed. He chipped in twelve points, eight rebounds. R.J. Davis eleven points. I think the one concerning spot for the Tar Heels. Garrison Brooks only had six points. I believe he had zero in the second half. He was only three of ten. So obviously he's our best player, our most experienced player, senior. So we want to get him going. We want to get him back on track. We can't have him have six points. But yeah, overall, the freshmen look really, really good. I'd even bring up Walker Kessler. He only played five minutes, but he had six points. He was three of four. He hit... Uh, a nice fadeaway jump shot. He's he's really tall too. He can be a really good guy off the bench. It's good to see the good to see that we have some really good uh, big man depth to go along with some good guard play. Playtech played about 21 minutes, only two for nine. He had five points, but uh, he's again he's a he's a good leader to come off of our bench after he had some good experience last year starting. But overall, like I said, the freshman looked really good. Caleb Love looked like the looked like a really good point guard. R.J. Davis was aggressive. And again, Sharp, I was super impressed with him because I haven't really seen much of him. I've only heard a lot about him, but he was awesome. So I think when I think this team has some great potential. Obviously, ACC play hasn't started yet, but this this team can contend. UVA obviously lost over the weekend to, I believe, San Francisco. That's always a great thing to see if you're a UNC fan. Seeing a team like Duke or UVA just go down to a team like that. Yeah, but we'll see how, how UVA continues throughout the year. We'll, we'll obviously face up against them. A 
couple things for the Tar Heels to note. 19 of 24 from the free throw line. After watching some games last year not be able to hit free throws, that is a great sign. That is a fantastic sign. If you're a Tar Heel fan, I believe Sharp hit all of his free throws. Uh, I think I think Caleb Love, I, th- I feel like he was around 8 for 8. I'm pulling up the box score right now. Yes, Caleb Love was 8 for 8 from the free throw line. Sharp was 5 of 6. Baycott was 4 of 6 from the free throw line. I might have said 3-point line, free throw line. So if this team can make free throws, because in college basketball, most games are going to be close. It's going to come down to hitting your free throws. My high school coach emphasized that all the times we practice free throws at the end of practice almost every day. You got to hit your free throws. That's what got us in trouble last year. Obviously, the Duke game, we don't really want to talk about that. But it's a good sign. But three-point shooting, on the other hand, 4 of 18, we have to get better with that. Caleb Love looks like he can be a good three-point shooter. Same with uh, same with R.J. Davis. Playtech hit a three. But yeah, we, we have to be better and more efficient from the three-point line. Because with all the big men that we have, we're going to be scoring inside the paint a lot. We can be a really physical team. Our press was really good in the second half. Once we went on that surge to take the double-digit lead, that press was working really well. Caleb Love hit a big three to increase that lead to nine, I believe. So yeah, it was fun to watch. Great to have Tar Heel basketball back. Very good first game, and we're only going to get better from here. We've got more time to practice. And I believe it's the, the Maui Invitational next. And I, I think we play either, yes, we play UNLV today, actually, at 7 p.m. So that'll be fun to see the Tar Heels back in action tonight. And yeah, that's all I have for basketball. Again, I, I really want to be able to watch this game tonight to get a, a better feel for our team. But I really liked what I saw. The freshmen look good. We've got good experience. I think it's a great balance. And I think Roy Williams has a lot to work with here. Good things to come from the Tar Heels. And next we'll get into the football game against Notre Dame. I'll be back in a few moments. All right, welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. I'm ready to go over the UNC football game against Notre Dame. Unfortunately, the Tar Heels could not pull off the upset at Keenan Stadium Friday. We lost 31-17. to Really good game overall. Notre Dame got a... a Garbage time touchdown at the end to increase it to 31-17. It was really 24-17 uh, for the majority of the game until that last drive that they had. But that first half was really exciting. We had two touchdowns in our first two drives. Offense was looking on fire. It looked like it was going to be a shootout against the strong Notre Dame defense. But for the rest of the game, three points from UNC. The rest of the game. Notre Dame really tightened up on defense. They made some fantastic adjustments. They stopped the UNC run from our two-headed monster in Javante Williams and Michael Carter. They were pressuring Sam Howell all night long. That defensive front, they were hounding him. Our, our, our offensive line did not stand a chance. They were only rushing four. It wasn't even blitzes. It was their four defensive linemen just getting after the quarterback that threw Sam Howell off for most of the night. He had a decent game, 17 of 27, 211 yards and a touchdown. But he, he really never got into a rhythm. 
which is what UNC needs. We Our whole offense after that first quarter got taken out of our rhythm because we couldn't run the ball well. Again, only 85 yards on the ground. Only 298 total yards for the entire game. And I believe the first quarter was 145 on its own. So when I mean that Notre Dame really shut us down, they really shut us down. Credit to that defense. This is why they're a number two team. This is why they're they're most likely going to make the college football playoffs. This is not the Notre Dame of old, where they look good against some teams and then they just get smashed by Clemson like they did two years ago. This team looks really, really good. Ian Book, he did his job. 23 of 33, 279 yards, one touchdown. He can really create outside the pocket. And I, I have, I've always had mixed uh, feelings on Ian Buck. I mean, he's he's fine. He's a good quarterback. But he, he, I, before that Clemson game, I've never really seen him go out and win a football game. That Clemson game definitely changed off from him. He had that fumble uh, towards the end zone against Clemson. And what did he do? He bounced back, let him down the field to tie the game up, to send it to overtime. So he and he can scramble, he can do some things, make some magic. Again, he's a good quarterback. He did he won't lose you the game, it seems. But the big star on their offense though is Kyron Williams. 23 rushes, 124 yards, and two touchdowns. He was really good. For most of the game, UNC had their run game boxed up, but he had this he had a really long, I believe it was like a 40-50 yard rush to uh, send them down the field after being stuck inside their own 10. That was a big run, and uh, eventually our defense just tired out, and he was able to run the ball uh, to victory for Notre Dame. In terms of the wideouts, Deami Brown had four receptions for 84 yards. Daz Newsome had six receptions for 64 yards. Both solid numbers. Again, Sam Howell only threw for 211 credit to that Notre Dame defense. For Notre Dame, Javon McKinley had six receptions for 135 yards. Even though Notre Dame put up 31 points, again, it was really 24 until that garbage time touchdown, this Carolina defense played pretty well. They did everything they could to give our offense as many chances. Obviously, Notre Dame had that really long touchdown drive uh, to go up by seven in the second half, and there was that offsides penalty, which you just you can't commit those penalties against the number two team in the nation. You just can't. But this defense did its part. This loss is on the offense. After that first quarter, we were in a box. We could not create at all. Run game completely shut down. Sam Howell, again, just being hounded by their defensive line. It was hard to watch for a bit because what we've seen from this offense has been just explosiveness all over the place. But again, you got to give credit to this Notre Dame defense. This is a really, really good team. This, our offense, one of the most explosive in the nation. We've got the leading rushing touch, or the, the leader in rushing touchdowns in Javante Williams. Sam Howell throwing for, threw for 550 yards against Wake Forest. This offense looks stuck and stagnant in that second half. Seven punts from UNC that game. And it was so bad that we never even got a chance. We got into Notre Dame territory. Sam Howell takes a sack on a third and nine to make it fourth and 12. And we have to punt because... We couldn't go for it there. We're not going to get 12 yards against this defense. We didn't even have a fourth down conversion. We, there was there was no uh, drive to win it or to tie it up because we just never got that shot. And another big stat. 
2 of 12 on third down. If you want to beat the uh, top two team in the nation, which, which UNC has never done, was really hoping it was going to happen. But you can't go 2 of 12 on third down. You have to convert. These are the stats that really matter in these type of games. Third down conversions. You have to convert. And and again, uh, you and Notre Dame was playing the field position battle. We just our offense just never got a chance. But I'm so proud they played. They played really hard. That first quarter was really exciting. We had two awesome touchdown drives. Again, it was it looked like it was going to be a shootout. This Notre Dame defense, which has been so solid all year, it looked like we were, it was going to be in the 30s. But they tightened up, really shut us down, got pressure, and that is going to be the third loss of the season for UNC. So when we look at UNC's season as a whole, how can we rate this? We still have two games left. We have uh, Western Carolina this weekend, and then we have Miami on the road. We're 6-3, and three, two really bad losses. The Notre Dame loss, was a, we weren't favored, obviously, but two bad losses to Florida State and Virginia. So how can we rate this season? Can you call it a success? I, you can't necessarily call it a failure. We, we have a winning record. We're going to go to a bowl game. We've played pretty well for the most part, aside from those two games. Even in the Notre Dame game, we played pretty well defensively. The loss was on the offense, but I'd say we, we've had a pretty good season so far. We, we want to finish it out to finish 8-3. and That will be a nice way to finish the season, especially over uh, a ranked opponent in Miami. But yeah. The, obviously, the ACC title hopes were officially crushed after losing to Notre Dame. They kind of already were when we lost to Virginia and Florida State. Those were some tough, tough games to lose, especially the way we did. But overall, it's it's been nice to have Tar Heel football be relevant again. Sam Howell's been phenomenal all season. It's it's all it's really unfortunate that we're not better as a team because he would be in the Heisman conversation. But yeah, we play Western Carolina. And I'll get into some NFL for the last part of this episode. I'll be back in a, uh, a few moments. Stay tuned. All right, we're back on 125 Unfiltered. Going to go over some NFL. The full NFL recap is going to be on tomorrow's episode, but I wanted to talk in depth about my New York football giants. At the moment, we are officially in Seoul possession of first place in the NFC East if the season ended today the New York Giants would make the playoffs and have a home playoff game that's just wonderful to hear we haven't won three games in a row since 2016 we beat the Bengals yesterday 19 to 17 unfortunately Daniel Jones goes down with that hamstring injury we hope he's okay but it's it's just such a great thing to hear in the putrid, just awful NFC East. The Giants have been the most consistent, and at the moment, we we have a playoff spot. Again, Daniel Jones threw for about 230 yards. Wayne Gallman ran for 94 and a touchdown. Defense, three takeaways in the second half, solid as always. So now, as a Giants fan, you have to wonder, who do we play next? And our schedule's a little a little difficult. We've got Seattle next week. 
That's going to be a tough game against Russell Wilson, but this defense is really playing strong right now. Who knows about that one? We're playing the Cardinals. They just lost to the Patriots yesterday. So that could be a game we win. We play the Browns. They're 8-3, but they're not the strongest 8-3 team. They only beat Jacksonville by two yesterday. That's a winnable game. We play the Ravens. They're kind of struggling right now. That's a winnable game. And then we play the Cowboys at home. And the Cowboys are just horrible. Should have beaten them the first time. I'm positive we'll beat them that time. So that's four really winnable games. And in my opinion, the Giants just have to finish with... To, for me to feel really good about it, we have to finish with seven wins. We have to go seven and nine. We have to win three out of the last five. And again, we're on a three-game win streak. We're playing well right now. We're running the football. We're playing good defense. Daniel Jones is not turning the ball over. We'll have to see if he's healthy. But could this be the year that the Giants make the playoffs for the first time since Eli Manning and Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. went on their huge run 11-5 only for Aaron Rodgers to just absolutely destroy us in the playoffs with a Hail Mary and drops from the receivers. But... It would be awesome to see us get into the playoffs because this team is really playing hard. They're playing for Joe Judge. I am all in officially on Joe Judge. The way this defense is playing, this is Giants football. You hear Giants legends talk about this. Run the football, play strong defense, have solid quarterback play. When we beat the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl, how did we do it? We had defensive linemen like Justin Tuck, OCU Minora, Michael Strahan. Get after Tom Brady. We had amazing defenses. That's the biggest reason we won that Super Bowl. Although Manning had those great throws, and trust me, I gave him all the credit in the world. He's a two-time Super Bowl MVP. Our defense was outstanding. We had good running backs. Ahmad Bradshaw, Brandon Jacobs. This is Giants football. Joe Judge is getting back to what the Giants are supposed to be. The Giants have never really been a, a throw-the-ball-all-over-the-place uh, down the field we kind of were a bit with Odell because we didn't have a good running game at that point we drafted Saquon Barkley to get that running game thankfully Wayne Gallman is filling in nicely but this is Giants football and I'm happy to see it in terms of the rest of the NFC East the Washington football team beat the Cowboys down 41-16 on Thanksgiving Thanksgiving's always better when the Cowboys lose right I mean, come on, last year when the Bills just embarrassed them on national television, everyone loves to see it. Every non-Cowboys fan loves to see them lose on Thanksgiving. Why do they play on Thanksgiving anymore? No one wants to see the Cowboys or the Detroit Lions play on Thanksgiving anymore. I know it's tradition, but can we switch something up? And if you're going to not have them play, don't move the Steelers-Ravens game because Lamar Jackson gets COVID, but then you're not going to move the Broncos game when their entire quarterback room can't play. It's just inconsistency from the NFL. But to get back to the main point, I'd like to see some different teams play on Thanksgiving. The Lions always lose on Thanksgiving. The Cowboys always lose on Thanksgiving. I haven't seen that. I, I can't remember the last time the Cowboys have actually won a, a meaningful game on Thanksgiving. I think about this year losing to the Washington football team. Antonio Gibson running rush yard all over them, three touchdowns. They lose to the, the Bills last year. They lost a few years ago to the Panthers when Tony Romo got injured again. No one wants to see them play. Everyone can come to that conclusion. Let's see some better games on Thanksgiving, please. 
And the Detroit Lions, we're not going to give them that much time. But Matt Patricia, Matt Patricia got fired. Same with their GM, Bob Quinn. That team's just a mess. I've said this for a long time. But Matthew Stafford is one of the most wasted quarterback talents in the last decade. He has He's always been a solid quarterback. But that team in Detroit cannot surround him with any talent. And he's just never had a good team around him. And it's a shame because, again, he's a really good quarterback. So that will conclude this, today's episode for 125 Unfiltered and trying to get back into the rhythm with podcasting. Obviously, you want to be consistent and uh, just keep getting better. Uh, have some better, keep getting better flow and rhythm when doing this. Tomorrow is going to be the NFL recap episode. And just a little sneak peek. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill went off. And of course, I had to play him in fantasy. But this is not a fantasy football podcast this is just a sports podcast so we'll talk about all the nfl games tomorrow plus on wednesday special guest coming in to talk about the steelers and ravens game that will happen on tuesday night and before i don't forget thank you everyone for listening i enjoy doing this this is my project over winter break so stay tuned for tomorrow's episode and i'll talk to you tomorrow